Welcome to Foundation Christian Church. We're glad that you're joining us for today's message. For service times or to join a disciple group, please visit foundationcitrusheights.com. Good to see you guys. Hey, so um, a few things. First of all, I, I want to challenge you, uh, make a small adjustment, not, not that what he said was incorrect. If you're, if you're brand new and you want to get involved with that 4x4, I dare you. Because there really, there's, there's really no better way to get to know what you want or might want to get involved with. So if, if you're relatively new, don't take, well, I have to be here for six months before I get to know people. That's baloney. Right? So if, if you don't know anybody, take a chance. Right? Most of the people are pretty nice. <laughs> in, in the last venture of 4 by 4 I got to know Wyatt really well and Mike Dana. It was marvelous. I really want to testify. That was fantastic. So anyway, that's a, that's a free add-on. Um, I, I wanted to start, uh, this is how it is. I'm not starting preaching yet, but I want to tell you, there was a song we sang that I, I just want to express something. The last song was, I Surrender All. And it's a gorgeous song, unless you think it's telling you that everything you have is going to be ripped away. <laughs> Who wants that? that? The song isn't about something that you lose. It's actually about the process of the loving father that says you don't need to be in charge anymore. You don't need to have the load of your own responsibilities on you in the sense of the connection of sin and death. When you surrender all, it's not giving away who you are. It's giving away what you've done to someone who can actually take care of it. Does that make sense? Because I, I can imagine if you're brand new and you hear that song, you go, oh, I don't like that song. He's asking me to remove my ability to make my own decisions. No, it actually gives you the freedom to make better decisions. I submit to you. That's free. Okay, so um, at this moment, I want to introduce and, and uh, call to the stage Emily to read our scripture for the day. This is actually, if you want to, yes, if you want to join her, uh, Glenn's got Bibles. We're actually uh, reading uh, John chapter 14, verse 15 through 31. He's handing out scriptures that we actually use just for some consistency. So it's page 896 in these black Bibles. But if those of you who want to be rebellious and use other versions, I'm just kidding. Uh, John, chapter four, John chapter 14, verse 15 through 31. Emily. If you love me, obey my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Since I live, you also will live. When I am raised to life again, you will know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them 
and I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. Judas, not Judas Iscariot, <clears throat> Iscariot, but the other disciple with that name, said to him, Lord, why are you going to reveal yourself only to us and not to the world at large? Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. My father will love them and we will come and make our home with each of them. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. What I am telling you is from the Father who sent me. I am telling you these things now while I am still with you. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Remember what I told you. I am going away, but I will come back to you again. If you really loved me, you would be happy that I'm going to the Father who is greater than I am. I have told you these things before they happen so that when they do happen, you will believe. I don't have much more time to talk to you because the ruler of this world approaches. He has no power over me, but I will do what the Father requires of me so that the world will know that I love the Father. Come, let's be going. Thank you. Thank you, Emily. Hey, um, so something happened this last week that only happens three times this century and only happened three times last century. Does anybody know what it was? Valentine's Day and Ash Wednesday on the same day. <gasps> so I want to, uh, in that theme, I, I want to talk a little bit about St. Valentine's, not that it's real. Because the truth of the matter is, I, I googled it, and the truth is that there were 12 St. Valentines, and they don't know who that was. And the whole idea of Valentines being associated with love and romance happened in the 14th century. The best St. Valentines that they figure actually died around 2000, or 270 A.D. So the whole thing of the Valentines is a scam. Who's surprised? That, that marketing changed the truth. There was a guy that died for Jesus, and now they make him some sort of hearted Cupid. It's hilarious. But I think it's sort of interesting. So to my, my mention, or what I really want to do is talk about love today. But at the end of the day, I'm going to talk about Lent. And, and if you know anything about Lent, I, I'm sorry for you. <laughs> but we're going to talk about Lent a little bit later. But here's the thing that we want to talk about. The love of God... The Holy Spirit. And the reason why I want to talk about that, I was, I was uh, uh, in the islands, man, uh, last couple weeks, and the Lord put something on my heart about the love of God. And I'm thinking, what do you know about the love of God? And so I, I want to use a demonstration. Now, I'm a teacher. I pretended to be a math teacher for a few years. And, and I, want to, I just want to build something for you. If you had ten dimes... Now, for those of you who are younger, 10 dimes are these small little coins that worth 10. 10 dimes, if you had 10 dimes, that's equal to what? One dollar. Everybody okay with that? Am I scaring anyone? 10 dimes equal one dollar. If you had four quarters, bigger quarter, bigger coin, if you had four quarters, what is that equal to? Okay, so the idea is if 
five, if ten dimes equal a dollar and four quarters equal a dollar, a dollar, what can you then conclude? I know this gets everybody. You can conclude that the five dime, or ten dimes, excuse me, is equal to the four quarters. That makes sense? If one thing, if A is equal to B, and C is equal to B, then C, I know, I got into math, I got everything confused. The, the, the bottom line is that if ten dimes is equal to a dollar, and four quarters are equal to a dollar, then the, the ten dimes have to equal the four quarters. They call that the transitive property. Math stuff. Today I want to just talk about that principle inside of the scripture. And so here we go. Let's see if I can do this. Bam! Oh, oh, first of all, this is a quiz. What was the predominant uh, scripture that Pastor Charles uh, spoke on last week? This is just to, because I had to watch it last Wednesday just to catch up. What was the predominant scripture? I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. No. What was it? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Proverbs chapter 3, verse four, 5 and 6. I don't memorize a lot of scriptures. Why do you think I know that one by heart? Because I needed it. I didn't memorize it because Pastor Charles talked about it last Sunday. You memorize scripture because you need it. You learn how to drive from here to the store because you need it. <laughs> not, not just because it's there. Trust in the Lord. I just, just quizzing you. Okay, so here's the first part. God the Father. Now, we in the church just say God. And when we say God, we mean God the Father. But for us, because we're learning, I'm just using God the Father. God the Father is love. That's what the Bible says. And I put an equal sign just for the math nerds in us. Ready? It says, 1 John 4.16 says, We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who live in him love uh, live in love, live in God, and God lives in them. So the issue is, God is love. That's an equal sign. Is everybody okay with that? Okay. Next. And, and then, Jesus is God the Father. All right, so Jesus equals God the Father. John, John chapter 10, verse 29 through 32, this is Jesus speaking. For my Father has given them to me, speaking about his disciples, and he is more powerful than anyone else, so no one else can snatch them from the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. Ah, that sounds like an equal sign. Once again, the people picked up stones to kill him. So everybody around him knew what he was saying. Do you, do, does that make, I threw that in there just for fun. They picked up stones because Jesus was saying that he and the Father are one. Is that okay? Second. So the first step, just as a review, God is love. God the Father is love. Jesus is equal to God the Father. Is everybody okay with that so far? Okay. Don't want to go too fast. So the Holy Spirit is God the Father. What? This is a... An excerpt from Acts chapter 2 we, we studied a, a couple of months ago. In the last days, God said, I will pour out my spirit upon all people 
Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your, your young men will see visions. God is saying, I'm going to send me, my essence, my spirit to people. So God the Father and the Spirit are the same, but they can be separated. That doesn't fit in my, my biology, but in God's biology, because he's not affected by time and space and distance, he can do that. Huh. So the Holy Spirit is God the Father. And so God the Father is Jesus, and Jesus is the Holy Spirit, and, and the Holy Spirit is love, which means each of them... The Father is love, Jesus is love, and the Holy Spirit is love. Is everybody okay with that so far? You've just learned a transitive property. Look at you. You're smarter than you came in. Look at, watch. The love of the Father is expressed in scriptures pretty simply. He says, for God so loved, or no, let me read it like this. I won't read it what I know. For this is how God loved the world. Here's its expression. He gave his one and only son so that anyone, everyone who believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Is that fair? That's how the father expresses love. Another way, Romans 5.8 says, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were yet sinners. Right? So the love of the father is expressed very clearly in scripture. Is that fair? Okay. This is how Jesus, his, the love of Jesus is, is expressed. John 5.30, I can do nothing on my own. I judge as God tells me, therefore my judgment is just because I carry out the will of the one who sent me, not my own will. Notice that the Father's love is expressed by giving to us an avenue back to him, giving us a road to salvation. Jesus' expression of love is based on obeying the will of the Father. Is that fair? Everybody getting those two? They're slightly different, but they are expressions of love. Another one, Luke twenty-two forty-two says, Father, if you're willing, this is Jesus at Gethsemane, where he knows that he's about ready to suffer death. He says, Father, if you're willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. All right? Is everybody good so far? We're seeing that love is expressed differentially. There are different ways of expressing love. Okay. And then John 15, 13 says, There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friend. This is Jesus saying, in advance, I'm going to lay down my life for you. Right? That's how Jesus expresses love. Out of obedience to the Father, I'm going to lay down my life for you. Okay. So, how, do, how does the love of the Holy Spirit expressed? Have you ever thought about? How does, how does the Holy Spirit demonstrate the love of the Father and the Son? Well, I'm glad you asked. John 14, and this is what we started reading. And, and I, I just want to tell you that, again, we're on page um, 896, if you're using that. But I, I want to just go through this text a, a little bit. I want to read it to you, but I, I want to read it, and then I, I want to explain it a little bit. I, I focused more on what the Holy Spirit was doing, but this is what it says. If you love me, keep my commandments. 
most of you just turned your phone off right then. But if you love me, keep your commandments, right? So all of a sudden there's a component here that says, wait a minute, I'm part of this mix. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate, comforter, encourager, or counselor, who will never leave you. Oh. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because he isn't because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him, but you know him because he lives with you now and later he, uh, he will be in you. I'm sorry, I went further than the slides. So let me let me just think of this. The Father is sending, or Jesus is asking the Father to send another advocate. What does that mean? If he's sending another advocate, what does that mean? We already have an advocate. Who's our advocate? Jesus. Jesus is our advocate to the Father. He's the one that made a right relationship for us. So what do we need a second advocate for? Oh, we need him to be our comforter. We need him to be our encourager. We need him to be our counselor. Oh. Our therapist. I love that. That's awesome. Right? We need an advocate when you need a defender. We need a comforter when you're hurt or sad. We need an encourager when we're discouraged. We need a counselor when you're confused. Is anybody ever been in the first categories of being needing a defender or, or being hurt or sad or discouraged or confused? Anybody ever? Well, God already sent an advocate for you. That's already been issued. The prescription has been written for you. But but then why are you still? hurt or confused or sad or messed up like that? Well, maybe it's because you're not looking for him. Maybe you were told that you're sort of on your own. Maybe you haven't, maybe it hasn't been expressed to you like I'm trying to express to you right now is there is a living nature of the Holy God in your presence for your benefit. You just may not know it. It may not have been taught to you. It may have been one of those things that says, Oh, the Holy Spirit. <laughs> he, the Holy Spirit, who leads into all truth. Well, he leads into all truth. I wonder what that means. And then watch, it says, The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him. And doesn't recognize him. We have to be really careful. If the Holy Spirit's design is to lead you into truth and you're not looking for it or you don't recognize it, do you think your life is going to be substantially better? If the solution has been given to you but you're not looking for it, is there going to be a benefit for you? I, I submit, maybe not. 
It doesn't mean God doesn't love you. It means that you have been told that you don't have access, maybe. Or maybe that you, you, you don't believe the power of the Holy Spirit is really for you. I just want to teach you today that that is an untruth. The Holy Spirit will lead us into all truth. We must look for Him and recognize Him. What is the truth that God can lead us to? Well, the truth of God is called revelation. The truth of God is revelation about who He is, what His heart is for you, what His design is for you, and the truth about you. About who you are, your condition, your specific daily issues. How many people want to know more about the truth of God? How many people want to know who God is? I know we're distracted. I wonder why. I mean, I mean as preachers, you go, I wonder. Anyway, how many people want to know more about the truth of God? Ask Him, seek Him, recognize Him. How many people want to know more about the truth about themselves? No, you don't. <laughs> the truth about yourself is scary as all get out. When I first became a Christian, you know the greatest truth that was, that was told me? I may have shared this before. You know what it was? This is great. My pastor came and said, you're a liar. Thanks. That's a hard confession here in the pulpit. <laughs> Say, guess what my background is? I'm a liar. You want to listen to me some more? Do you know why I was a liar? Of course you don't. Except a lot of you are probably not too dissimilar from me. I was a liar because I wanted to protect myself from getting hurt. Anybody ever put those shoes on? I was a liar because I didn't want to lose friends. Anybody have that on their, in their closet? I was so afraid of losing what I thought I had. I was afraid to surrender that. The truth, the scripture says, is designed to set me free. But what does it set me free from? Me. My life was all about what I can do so that people can like me. And I would almost say anything and do anything for that to happen because I didn't want to get hurt. I happen to have a pastor who loved me enough to tell me the truth. To be that voice. Exactly. One of my favorite things is this, ready? If somebody asked me, did you do something? Like, let's say there was something I was supposed to accomplish. I may have shared this before, but I'm going to share it now. I had three words, three lying words. These are three lying words. If you use them, I'm calling you out. Did you complete this task? Basically. fundamentally, essentially. I basically did it. 
I essentially did it. You know what my pastor said? You're a liar. And you know how he described it? When he went further, he said, you are a liar because you want people to think better of you than you really are. <gasps> because I would never say, blah, 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 lie. I would never, <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> I, I don't want to be seen. I, no, that's true. I don't want to be seen as the guy that would automatically tell lies. Who want, nobody wants that. But I would lie in the process of trying to make you think I was better than I was. You know what set me free from that? You know truly what set me free? When the Word of God says that I'm a sinner that deserves to die. And you're thinking, what? I, I don't have to hide from my sin issues. I don't have to hide from my sin nature. Because I have an advocate that took care of that. And I have another advocate that is taking care of that. Because both have to happen. Does that make sense? The Holy Spirit brings you to revelation about who He is and about who you are. That is the process of our Christian faith. If you're not going through that revelation, and I'll say it another word, this is a, a, a 50 cent Christian word, it's called conviction. Many scholars say the conviction, which means that sudden revelation of the truth about who you are, that's, that's uncomfortable, is actually one of the greatest gifts you can ever receive. I didn't get a lot of amens, but appreciate the few. Conviction is like... <laughs> I don't know, that's how it sounded in my head when I was told I was a liar. I'll tell you a story. It was terrible. I wasn't thinking about this one. When I was a young Christian, I had an opportunity through circumstances to lead my sister to the Lord. It was amazing. <clears throat> then I realized that, she, that I would introduce her to people that I'd been walking with the Lord for a couple of years, and she might have stories. <laughs> what could happen then? The Holy Spirit leads us into all truth. He will live with each Christian. One of the things that we look at is He promises never to leave us or forsake us. See, the issue in, when, when uh, Paul speaks about I will never leave you or forsake you in Romans 8, the reason is what Jesus said right there is the Holy Spirit will not just be around you, but He's going to be inside of you. I need to be looking, I need to be expecting, I need to be asking the Holy Spirit to do the work. Wait, wait, wait. Can I resist the Holy Spirit? Could I take the conviction of the Holy Spirit and say, no, I'm sorry, not right now. Has anybody ever done that trick? Absolutely, all of you, if you... 
But, it, but when, all of a sudden, when I expect the Holy Spirit to speak to me, and I'm looking for that, He will lead me into truth about who I am. Is that fair? Okay. If you heard it, you're responsible. <coughs> Sorry. I'm going to skip to verse 23. But when, the, but when the Father sends the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. Wow, He's going to teach me and remind me. Why does that happen? Why do you need to teach and remind? Any parents out there? <laughs> he will teach you and remind you because why? First of all, we're stupid and we're stupid. <laughs> I am leaving you with a gift. Here's, man, we missed this. Jesus says, I'm leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind. Peace of heart. The Holy Spirit brings that reminding and the, the truth that you are with God, that you will never be, God will never leave you, and He will lead you into truth. That brings peace in your mind and in your heart. I give it to you as a gift. The world can't give it to you, so don't be afraid. Is that fair? I, I want to share a few things. I, I know I, I probably don't have time because Pastor Greg took too long. Just kidding. I'm the one that usually, I'm the one that takes too long. If you'll bear with me just for a moment. This scripture actually has a picture in it. When Emily read it, I know you weren't paying attention. Nothing, no offense. But, but can I just read it real quick? And I, I want you to focus on a few things. I want you to focus on a few of the players and I want you to recognize that, that God is creating a tapestry. God is creating a concert. Notice there are, there are a few players here. There is the Father, there is the Son, and there's the Holy Spirit and one other player. Who is it? You. No, the, the, there's the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and you. That was it. Watch this. If you love me, keep my commandments. What's my job here? My job is to keep commandments. I wonder who gave me that example. Jesus gave me that example. How do I keep the commandments? Oh, the Holy Spirit will teach me and remind me how to do that. Oh. So it's not a one thing like God does this. There is a blend. There's a tapestry. There's a, a weaving here. Right? And then he says, I will ask the Father and he will give another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads you into all truth. The world cannot, re cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. That's the promise we have. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. Notice there's a lot of yous. Jesus is speaking to his disciples and I believe wants to speak to us today. His message is about you. I will not abandon you. Why does he do that? Because the enemy says it's not about you. Or the enemy says you're not important. 
But Jesus is saying, I am invested in you. I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Since I live in you will also be, since I live, you will also live. When I am raised to life again, you will know that I am in the Father and you are in me and I am in you. Are you catching that? Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. Notice, he brings it back. He says, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. There is a responsibility in me. And it is obedience to the Father, just like Jesus exampled. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who actually love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them. And I will love them and reveal myself to them. Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them and will come and know and make a home with each of them. And he goes on, he says, anyone who doesn't love me won't obey. It's very clear. And remember my words are not my own. I'm telling you what is from my Father who sent me. I'm telling you these things while I'm still with you. And he goes on. Okay, watch this. Let's see what the slides say. So the Holy Spirit teaches, reminds, provides peace of mind, provides peace of heart. Additionally, some of the things that the Spirit of God does. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Wait a minute. The Spirit of God isn't just there to teach me and remind me. It is also the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. That's literally life-changing. <laughs> he lives in you. And just as God raised Jesus Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to you, your mortal bodies, by the same Spirit living within you. So the Spirit of God is designed not just to be your advocate today, but also your assurance for the future. Again, this is what the Holy Spirit does. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. So the actual characteristics of the living God are being formed in you. And can I tell you, it is not free and it's not easy. Well, it might be free. It's not easy. Because the Spirit of God transforms you, as I mentioned in the last time I spoke. So here's the thing that I want to look at. There's a tapestry going on. Oh, my bad. Oh, I, you know what I did? I pushed the wrong, I pushed the wrong button. It's okay, I want to leave it there for a moment. <clears throat> I, I, I want to mention that God is in the process of bringing you through into a relationship with him. The Father sent the Son. The Son as an example of obedience. The Holy Spirit is an empowerment for us to follow what the Son's example was. You have a choice, right? We have a choice. Uh, this Lenten consideration. 
the, it's interesting, the Lent is a 40-day observance to, that takes 46 days. It's sort of an interesting thing. They don't have Lent on Sundays. Who knew? But, but in the typical Lenten things, people consider how bad they are in balance to how good Jesus is. Like, I'm a sinner, I'm a sinner. In the Catholic faith, it's mea culpa, mea culpa, mea maxa culpa. That means I'm guilty, I'm guilty, I'm, not, I'm undeserving. Can I tell you, that's not what the Lenten season should be for us. I want to challenge you in this season to ask the Holy Spirit to lead you into truth about all the areas of your life that you might be afraid of. I want you to look for and recognize the Holy Spirit's work in your life. If you haven't, let that be part of your journey. Ask the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you. He, it's already part of the plan, but ask Him. Show me. Stop. Wait. Listen. Ask that the fruit of the Spirit, God's character, be present and growing in your life. We've been praying for this congregation. Oh, Lord, let us be people who are humble before you and let your Spirit be seen in us. This is how it starts. We don't grow, we don't mature, we don't benefit, we don't witness unless the Holy Spirit does a work in us. Does that make sense? So I, I want to encourage you and to join me in that process. You know what it starts with, to be very honest with you, is the brunch right after this. Some of you, no, I mean this serious, I, I was out of town when the brunch thing happened, so I don't know anything about it except it's happening right after this, right? Some of you say, well, I didn't know there was a brunch, so I guess I'm not invited. Eh, that is untrue. You're invited. I just did. I invite you. And I want to I challenge you. For those of you who said, well, I didn't bring anything to the brunch. That's not why you're here. If you come to a brunch for food, you're coming for the wrong reason. I typically try not to eat breakfast. I eat breakfast, but I try not to for a lot of reasons. But the, can I tell you? Come for the people. Did you hear that? If you're coming for, to the brunch for food, you're coming for the wrong reason. So don't let, I didn't bring anything, or I don't eat, or this or that. That is not the reason why you're coming. It is, I'm challenging you to start the four by four now. Start getting to know people. Hey, you know, I see you. Let's talk. Is that fair? I want this to be a start of saying, Holy Spirit, lead me on how to better relate to people who I don't know yet. Is that fair? Did anybody hear me? Holy Spirit. <laughs> Let me pray for you. Holy, Holy Father, we just thank you for your goodness, for sending Jesus as an example, as a, an atonement, as a propitiation. Big word that says you took the place of for me. Jesus, thank you for being a phenomenal example for the minister of, of opening blind eyes, uh, healing the sick. Thank you for having that ministry in my life today. Holy Spirit, thank you for leading and guiding me, for bringing me truth and reminding me, for encouraging me, for comforting me, for counseling me. Thank you for that today. 
I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would empower each one of us to better represent you in the days ahead. And we just, in all things, we give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Amen.